friends, and welcome back to Thank You for the Music, the ABBA podcast you never knew you needed. We're your hosts, Lauren and Julie, and you're listening to Knowing Me, Knowing You, the fifth song from ABBA's fourth album, Arrival. Very nice, Julie. Well Thank done. Thank you. Have you been Thank practicing? You. I've been practicing. Wow. We've been away for a little bit, so then I could practice. I, we're talking about practice. We're talking about practice and also ABBA. I think more importantly, you and I have had time apart, so I feel like this is going to be a little bit of a chaotic, exciting episode. I think so, too, I'm because f- you're also knitting right now. <laughs> I'm feeling very excited, and I need to do something with my hands. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So Lauren. Yeah, yeah. How are you doing? Julie, I'm feeling pretty good. Good. Just hopped off the plane at LAX with a dream and a cardigan. I don't know what the next line is. Welcome to the land of fame excess. Am I going to fit in? Jumped in the cab. Here I am for the first time. Hollywood sign. Um. This is all so crazy. (laughs) That's how I felt when I arrived. At London Gatwick Airport. Ooh, Gatwick. Yeah, flew to Gatwick. Nice. Toronto to Gatwick. Nice. One single flight. It was actually really nice. Good job. Good job. Thank you. No bumps, no bruises. I do have a mystery bruise, but I don't think it came from my flight. So <laughs> <laughs> it's on my shoulder. I don't know where it came from. Um, more on that later. <laughs> more on that investigative journey later. Yeah, let's, let's explore that in Patreon. So yeah, I just got back from seeing ABBA Voyage. I think is about a week ago that I saw it. So um, we are doing a live stream, but by the time you hear this episode, it'll already be past the live stream. So if you want to go and rewatch the live stream, join us at patreon.com slash DYFTM to get access to that. Um, we'll be explaining, sharing, answering all of your questions about ABBA Voyage, the experience, the show. The avatars. Yeah. Yes. And also, if you want to know what I was doing while Lauren was away, you can ask, but... Hint, it was nothing. It was nothing. Stranger Things is good, so... Okay. <laughs> so that's what Julie was doing. <laughs> okay. Very excited about that. Um, I think later on in the episode, we're going to talk about ABBA Voyage a bit. I have just some quick notes, some quick things that I want to give my first impressions on, so I think we'll we'll do that three quarters away through this episode yes when you tell us what's abbing oh yeah oh yeah or what's abbing but first julie what is the song we're singing this week lauren the song we are singing this week is knowing me knowing you and let me tell you it's a good one (laughs) yeah it is it is knowing me knowing you was recorded in 1976 at the metronome studio in stockholm and was released as a single in February 1977, becoming one of the group's most successful hits. Now, Lauren, March 1976 was an important month in ABBA's history. Why? With the foursome arriving in Australia to much fanfare and innumerable interviews to finally meet their adoring and growing Australian fans. That is also the time that they entered the studio to start recording Arrival, starting with a little ditty called Ring It In. Hmm. Benny plays the piano as per usual. The electric piano this time, though. Ooh. How is that different from a synthesizer? I don't know. Okay, maybe you're not the person to ask. I played piano, but I don't know a synthesizer. That's That's a whole different ballgame. 
True. Okay. So Benny and some of the ABBA regulars, Yanni Schaefer, Rutger Gunnarsson, rounded out the arrangement with some guitar, bass, drums, and percussion. The working title, Ring It In, was eventually changed to Number One, Number One, before Stieg came up with the catchier, Knowing Me, Knowing You. Mm. And now Stieg didn't contribute much more to the, the song or the lyrics, only the title this time, and Bjorn took the reins and built a story around Stieg's words. Armed with only the title and a rough mix of the basic backing track, Bjorn would listen to it over and over again to see what the song was saying to him in its rudimentary state. Mm. In the case of Knowing Me, Knowing You, the recording's mid-tempo pace and slightly unsettling shifts between major and minor chords, combined with the pragmatic title, suggested a theme of a couple accepting the inevitability of their breakup, and is pretty apparent in the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Although a lot of ties have been made between this song and ABBA's ultimate demise, it should be pointed out that it was written and recorded years before either of them decided to go their separate ways. Although in the book, Mamma Mia, How Can I Resist You?, Bjorn admits that it's possible that I felt a premonition about something. He also stresses that the lyrics were more about him trying to advance himself as a lyricist. Mm. He's quoted saying, It's as simple as me being able to imagine a house being emptied, with boxes standing against walls and all the furniture being taken away, just a few bits and pieces left behind, and the echoing steps of a man walking around those rooms and remembering the past. I can relate. Literally. (laughs) (laughs) For Knowing Me, Knowing You, Annie Freed has the lead vocals on this one, although Agneta does execute some supporting ghost-like vocals very well. The B-side to this song was Happy Hawaii, which is an arrangement of another ABBA song, Why Did It Have to Be Me?, but with a different lead vocalist and lyrics. Finally, Benny named Knowing Me, Knowing You as one of ABBA's Best recordings in a 2004 interview, along with Dancing Queen, The Winner Takes It All, and When I Kiss the Teacher. And he said it was a great recording, and the verse is one of his favorites. Critics and the general public have to agree. They often hail it hail it as their first sign of maturity. What the heck? You don't hail something. You hail a cab. <laughs> what? <laughs> Critics and the general public love this song. They say it's their first sign of maturity from ABBA. It was also a hit almost everywhere and even made it on the Spanish language album that ABBA put out called Gracias por la Musica. And that's all I have for the history for this song, Lauren. Excellent job, Julie. There you go. Thank you, Lauren. On a scale. Ooh. On a scale, Lauren. This is how we do this podcast. Do you not remember? I literally always forget. Oh my gosh. You you do. So I have to remind you. Because I always forget to like cross-reference my past score, so I'm giving it a fair shake. Okay, let's well, see. Good thing I'm ready. Good thing you scored this one like five weeks ago. Did I actually? Did you? No. No? Okay. Well, you have some time. On a scale of one to ten, I will tell you what my score is for this song. Okay. With one being ABBA going on hiatus for 40 years, <laughs> and ten is this podcast going on hiatus for four months plus a few <laughs> weeks when Lauren went to ABBA Voyage and Julie was sick. <laughs> What have you rated this song? I've rated this song an 8.6, Lauren. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Isn't it? I've had some time to think about it. I've had some time. But I love it. I love it. Me too. That's why I have rated it a 9.3. 
three. Whoa! It is. Whoa, whoa, it whoa. is that good. Whoo! Wow! It is something nice. What is it about the song, Lauren? The opening. The opening. Let's let's dive right in. Let's start at the top. Let's do it. The opening. Mm-hmm. The acoustic guitar is making a big splash, specifically on this song, but more so on the album as a whole. Um, we haven't really heard a lot of it. What we've heard, again, in When I Kiss a Teacher, the strumming of the acoustic guitar is the first thing that you hear. This song, the strumming of the acoustic guitar is the first thing that you hear. Um, we'll definitely hear it, I think, later on in the album, but definitely these two songs having... The acoustic guitar at the forefront is a stylistic choice and something new for ABBA, which I think is really cool. It is cool. It it does give it a little bit of a folkier edge. Yes. It feels more 1976 than it does the late 60s, -hmm. like some of their other work. So I think that's really cool. I'll tell you, the one piece that really, really sells it for me is the synth. Ooh. The synth in the background during the verses that... It sounds like there's a Doppler effect. Like it sounds like it's passing by your your ears and your face. Yes. Um, I really really like that. the The chorus is like very 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 good. Um, but it's like we've come to expect a chorus like that from them. And I think where this song really shines is that the verses and the bridge and all of the other theatric embellishments in the song are what bring this song to the next level to make it like one of the instant ABBA classics. I agree. I don't know what else I can say because I I think you took the words right out of my mouth, Lauren. There's a lot of theatrics in in this song and there's a lot of drama like from the whispering of the verses, Mm -hmm. which I actually don't mind in this song. Mm -hmm. I think it is needed. I don't know. Normally, I don't think it's needed, but I think it is needed to create that drama in the song. The thing about, like, the whispering and the boys in the background um, with their, like, kind of, it's not really counter melody, but that kind of thing, um, is that it really drives home the, like, and makes you feel like you're walking around this house watching the scenes of your life play out in this house, Mm -hmm. right? It's kind of like the whispers of people in your life and your past or of... Good point. Yeah. Like like the the specific lines that the whispering happens with memories, good days, bad days. Bad days, yeah. That's almost like not like a ghost, not like tropical loveland spooky scary zoinks ghost, but like it does like drive home the fact that like the walls and the space of a house hold all of those things. It holds those memories, it holds those good days and it holds those yes. bad days. It's almost like the space whispering back to her. Yes. Like you said, it's not a ghost. It's a faded memory. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Love that. And I do like the boys doing kind of an echo during the chorus, too. I hadn't thought of it that way yes. before, but you do bring up a good point that that's also... It could be tied to those memories of, of voices and life within this house. So it's really fascinating. And we've talked about this, too, before with... The interplay of the storyline of the chorus versus the storyline of the verses. I think that that's something that ABBA does really well, too. We talked about it, I think, with... I think it might have been Keep an Eye on Dan. So Keep an Eye on Dan, we talked about, like, talking about the narrative of dropping Dan off, right? Yeah. They're kind of telling two different 
maybe not storylines, but the verses in this song, Knowing Me, Knowing You, mm. are describing, arguably in a better way than Keep an Eye on Dan does, describing the character of the song physically, like walking through the house, um, walking through her memories of her time in the house. And then the chorus comes in and that is her actually making a realization based on those memories or the cut to the present day or the cut to her vocalizing the realization that she's having, you know, I guess this is, you know, this is really it this time we're through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that's the cut to the present day. So I like that dichotomy. And I think that they play with that in other songs that they do. Mm-hmm. I think we talked about it in When I Kiss a Teacher also. We talked about like the verses being her in like this dreamy, dreamlike state. And then the courses come in and it's like her back into reality. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of similar to that. They do like to do that. Mm-hmm. I think it works really, really well in this song. Another kind of callback or ABBA repetition or trademark here is that this is a... A sad song, but it's very happy. It's very upbeat. It has a lot of energy in it. Exactly. Yeah, Mm -hmm. uh, that's exactly what I was going to say. The words don't match the sound, which is energetic, and it almost has a little swagger to it. It's just kind of confident in the message that it's trying to portray here. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's just another upbeat, melancholic song from ABBA, Mm -hmm. and they make breaking up sound fun. Mm. It also would translate really really well to a stage production Mm -hmm. this is very monologue-esque and i think it's dramatic in all the right ways that would fit well for a stage production i agree yeah especially with the speaking voice and the whispering as well yeah there's a lot a lot to love in this song Mm -hmm. the lyrics are extremely good Mm -hmm. i think like you said before um bjorn really does capture the energy of Someone cleaning out a house and breaking up with someone. Oh, yeah. And that kind of melancholic, you know, you're moving on and it's a good thing, but it's also really sad. I love the electric guitar in this one. There's that little guitar break. Um, And then into the second verse, it's Mm -hmm. so good from that guitar break. Yep. That's something else. I don't know if we talked about this in When I Kiss the Teacher, but I think it's cool and really interesting that they use both the electric guitar and the acoustic guitar in the same song yes i was gonna i was gonna comment on that that they have this folksy music from the from the acoustic but then they have a futuristic almost new wave well not new wave i'm sorry um more rock kind of feel more theatrical Mm -hmm. big hair i i feel like they're toying with the past in the future a lot within this song Mm -hmm. and i think that's exemplified with this this guitar or two different guitars rather it's a lot of push and pull in this song yes and even i'm just realizing now in that guitar break that's like a minute and a quarter into the song the acoustic guitar is still just jamming along behind it so like it's jamming it matches the beat too it's very percussive yes yes yeah, I love the part where it's like dee 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 dee, and then Frida comes and goes memories. Mm-hmm. That just like feels so effortless and so natural, almost like you're just being sucked right back into her walking around this house. Yeah, so cool, so 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 cool. Mm-hmm. Ugh, I love this song. This is like, I mean, it's not underrated because it's one of the popular ones, but maybe one of the underrated popular ones yeah you f- you forget about it mm-hmm. but i i really like it 
Lauren, did you notice mm. the uh-huhs are back? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. I love that, too. It made me think of you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Some people might call <clears throat> that. Man, honey. They might. Like, some people might call that lazy. Yeah. Or cheesy. But I don't know. It fits. It fits. It just fits. There's a lot of quirky things in the song, too. Like, there's a chime that you can hear in the background. Yes. Just like. Yep. Brr, brr. It emphasizes the lyrics a little bit. And it emphasizes that dreamlike state, the swirl mm-hmm. of memories, the swirl of emotions happening. Yes. And then after the whispering, too, like after you hear bad days, then there's some bum, 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 bum. Like, it sounds almost like Ooh. new wave to me for some reason. It's kind of 80s-like. Yeah, that's that synth that's like, do, 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 do. but it's like, yeah, they're, they're doing something physically to the tone of that those synth notes like i said that sounds like a doppler effect like it doesn't sound quite right it's a little bit yes unsettling yes in a way Mm -hmm. Um, but you're right it does sound almost new wave Mm -hmm. and like that particular section where she's singing memories good days bad days Mm -hmm. like you could almost envision like your rhythmics playing something like that yep like it's very kind of not necessarily avant-garde, but in that vein of being avant-garde. Yes. It's it's somewhat warped. Artistically warped. Like your memories might be warped based on how much time you've had in between them. Mm-hmm. And so you might only remember the good parts mm-hmm. or you might only remember the bad parts, but it might be a little bit fuzzy or a little bit twisted. And they, I think they do that with a couple other things mm-hmm. in this song, too. I feel like at, at 2 minutes 56 se- seconds, something sounds a little bit off, like there's a warped piano. And maybe that's, again, the synth there. And then at 3 minutes 47 seconds, I also noticed that there's a little skip in the guitar. Oh, was the first one 256? 256. Something sounds just a little bit off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Something with the... the- tone of the piano mm-hmm. the timber of the piano yep. yeah yes 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 and what was what was the second one the uh the second one was at three minutes 47 seconds and this it just sounds like there's a little skip in the guitar like they didn't hold the note for long enough or something but i don't know i i, mm-hmm. I think that the the twinge to this is also her thoughts and feelings about the past maybe and yeah she doesn't know quite how to feel about them yeah and i think that it's also meant to make the listener a little uncomfortable as well right to Mm -hmm. really feel those feelings also yeah it's very well done because like you know you're enjoying the song and then there's just a little twinge of like "Uh, that's not quite right but that's exactly the point of the song Mm -hmm. wow wow i feel like there's something else i was gonna say about this one Oh, there's the break before the final chorus, mm-hmm. where it's just like the bass drum yeah. and the guitar. Um, that is like, to me, feels like it's building up that tension mm-hmm. and feels like the straw that broke the camel's back for the situation. The final chorus, to me, sounds like she's finally admitting it to the other person out loud. And that break right before it with the drum is like her heart beating, her like building up the confidence and the courage to finally admit that out loud. Right. Yeah, a lot of energy in this one. Oh, so good. It's a toe tapper. This is why this album is my favorite album. So good. I just like, I don't know. I feel like this song, I think part of it is because the the Abba Gold CD I have in my car um, is scratched, like literally only on this song. So I always end up skipping it, which is a shame. But I feel like there are times like I casually listen to this song. It's like, yeah, it's, it's a good song. But then like 
sitting down and understanding all of the different pieces to it it's an incredible song i agree i get pumped up when i listen to it listen to it knowing me knowing you Uh it really is something that feels like a work of art like something that has been painted or sculpted Mm -hmm. um as opposed to some of the other songs that we've heard from abba before and even good ones too this one feels like specifically crafted Mm -hmm. very intentional yeah wow yeah i really like it did you watch the music video julie um i might have when we first tried to record this i can't remember it now all i can think of is no more bad days bad days (laughs) i was dying i was dying laughing when she's like bad days (laughs) in the song oh my god yeah bad day bad days um i think we should mention that we'll get back to the music video but i think we should mention that using frida in this song is also a very intentional choice and the correct choice this is one of the first ones that they've used her for kind of one of the more mature breakup songs right yeah because sos was Zanetta, right yes i think it was a combo yeah so this is like the first frida like tour de force what's frida's vocal range what is her mm, might be able to look it up actually she's soprano mezzo soprano vocal range mm. and i think that Anyetta, at least at the time both of them um at the time Anyetta was a true soprano okay so frida was just like half step below gotcha that makes sense, though. Yeah. It, it makes sense, too, why she was chosen for this. Mm-hmm. She does sound more mature and less emotional, too. I think her mind's made up. Frida's voice invokes a certain sense of sureness that maybe Anyata's voice doesn't. Confidence. Yes. Confidence. I wrote in my notes, swagger. I don't know why, but <laughs> I wrote swagger. And I think it's because I'm getting that from the, the drum beat. I think that's where I'm getting it from. It feels disco to me, but then you've got the acoustic guitar that feels kind of folksy, and then you've got this new age kind of synth in there. And then, I don't know. I just think the the beat to me is swagger. She's got swagger. I don't know. I do kind of get that calm sense of like cool being cool, like you get in Dancing Queen. I don't want to rehash this argument. No, no, no. But like similar to that, it's that like, it's that really steady like... Dun, 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 beat yeah. behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Another good one. Ugh. Oh. One more thing. We didn't come back to the music video. Um, the music video is very Lasse Holstrom. A lot of focus on their faces. Um, the one image that sticks with me from the music video is it happens a couple times where it'll be like, let's say, Anyata and Bjorn on either side of the frame facing towards each other so you see their profiles and then they're out of focus but in focus dead in between them facing the camera is Frida singing um so use that framing of like the two faces and the profiles to frame Frida singing the song it's really really interesting um so I would I would go check it out well Lauren let's take a break so I can watch the music video let's take a break so and watch the music video and then when we get back yeah We'll dive right into what's happening this week. But first, if you are enjoying the show and you like to join some of our live streams and stuff like that, please check out our Patreon. We have some fun exclusives over there, including early releases of episodes, bonus content, live streams, stickers, so much more. Pictures, 
Notes. Notes. All good stuff. Bloops. Bloops. Yes. Love the bloops. Yes. Lots of those. So check it out. Patreon.com slash TYFTM. We would love it if you would become one of our Swedish meatballs, please. Huge shout out and thank you to BigCon250 and Nora for becoming our solid gold supporters on Patreon. Thank you very much. Now back to the show. Knowing me, knowing you. Uh huh. Uh-huh. There was nothing Thing we, we can, can do. Bad days. <laughs> bad days. Bad. Yeah, she's almost like bad days. Uh, Lauren, what's happening this week? Julie, I thought that we could just sit down and chat a little bit about Abba Voyage. How's that sound? Let's do it. Okay, okay, okay. There's no quiz, right? Are you going to quiz me? No. No, no quiz. Okay. I just want to talk through, um, you know I left you a voice message um, from my hotel room after the show, uh, but some of the things I want to talk about, four, four main things, four main highlights or points that I want to talk about. Number one, the venue. It felt very Scandinavian. Lots of like wood accents and features. Um... So there's like kind of like, you know, wood colored wood, but then there's also black a lot and a lot of like colored LED lighting, stuff like that was very cool. Ooh. Um, you can definitely tell that it was meant to be taken apart. Like everything was like nuts and bolts together, um, but it didn't feel like too cheap. It felt more like an Ikea piece of furniture. Like it's like literally meant to be flat packed and traveled around the world, which seems really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of good lighting. Um colorful lighting when we were walking down the like hallway to go into the actual arena itself it felt like we were getting on a ride at disney (laughs) like you know how like disney has like the hallways that are felt like they just feel really immersive that's like exactly what it felt like oh my gosh um so that's the venue and we'll talk more about this on friday yes number two the actual like production of the show so these are things (laughs) like the lighting or other props used within the show um that kind of stuff the technology not necessarily the avatar technology but like technology that they used in the production of the show was super super cool um basically the arena was like screens on the walls and in front of you um but it made it feel like there was a depth to the stage behind you um so it was really cool like optical illusion in order to make the arena feel a lot bigger than it was. Um, they used a lot of good lighting techniques and tricks to help mm. you be immersed in that experience. It was cool to see kind of the marriage of the vintage music with the new technology. I think that's a really fascinating and under-talked about part of the whole production. Um, the integration of the live band was really cool. And then other pieces of lightings, um, they had mirrors, screens, all that stuff was done really, really well. Mm. The avatars. Avatars. Avatars were very cool to see. Very cool. They looked quite real. Not like necessarily exactly real, right? But like more real than I thought that they would look. Mm-hmm. Um, they looked three-dimensional. Mm. They moved exactly like they looked like they should move. 
Um, but the thing that surprised me the most was how real and how insane and beautiful the outfits that they were wearing looked. Mm. There were some of them, um, particularly Frida's opening outfit looked absolutely insane. Like, beautifully designed. Very, very cool. But it looked like a real garment. It was so, so, so cool. So I never really thought about like, oh, what are the avatars going to wear? You know? That's awesome. And I liked that it wasn't just, let's put them in outfits that they've worn before. They did have like special designed outfits for this show. And then the set list. Fourth piece, the set list. Mm. We hit all the classics with some additional surprise good live songs thrown in there um so i think it was really well chosen obviously there are the two songs from voyage Hmm. and i think it was a pretty good progression through the show the show itself kind of told a story the story of abba uh it was really really cool i definitely want to go see it again julie so when it comes closer to here you and i are gonna go let's do it and experience it together because it was it was just so much fun just fun that's awesome yeah loved it loved it that's amazing I'm glad you had a great time. Thank you. And that you saw the avatars. Me too. That's fun. It's crazy that like, I feel like I bought these tickets like last October or something. Probably. It's been a long time coming. Mm -hmm. Um, But also at this time last year, we didn't know that there was new ABBA music coming out in mm, a month and a half. So. Right. It's exciting stuff. It is. Loved it. Good stuff, Lauren. Thank you. And you, if you want to hear all the... The real nitty-gritty, dirty details of Lauren's experience at ABBA Voyage. Head on over to our Patreon, where she and I just did a live stream with all of our meatballs. So check it out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Julie. Lauren. What is your pb and jam for this week? Ooh, Lauren. I'm excited. My fingers are ready to type this in. Okay. So. Is it iffy? Ah. I've been listening to... To one song in particular, but I don't want to seem basic. I've been listening to Beyonce's new song, okay? All right? I've been listening to Beyonce, but here's the deal. That's not my PB&J for this week. Yeah, we've already done a Beyonce song. I know, we've already done one. That's why it is not my PB&J for this week. My PB&J for this week, Lauren, is called Black Magic Woman by Fleetwood Mac. Got a black magic woman. Got a black magic woman. Yes, I got a black magic woman Got me so blind I can't see Now, as I told you via Snapchat, because I now have a Snapchat because I missed you on Snapchat. Oh, yeah. I have been listening to a lot of 60s music recently. I don't know why. I think, I, I think I'm... I, I think 60s and 90s are my decades, you know? I think they are. Anyways, I've been listening to a lot of 60s recently. I stumbled upon this one. I haven't heard it before from Fleetwood um Mm. I was more familiar with the Santana version of this song because it's more popular it's also a little bit more Latin and psychedelic than the original and um the Santana version is also a medley Mm -hmm. of this song and a Hungarian instrumental song which I didn't know about but the original Black Magic Woman was written by Peter Green one of the founding members of Fleetwood Mac and it's a blues song with some small latin rhythms in it now fleetwood mac's other song i loved another woman is very similar stylistically the bass is more present and the percussion is a bit quicker and has a sharper kind of rim shot sound to it i think but this one is so bluesy so so bluesy but it's also 
I don't know, it's so so confident, but it's like Latin blues and there's a lot of rhythm to it. I don't know. It was originally released in 1968 and it was released as a hit. I still think it's a hit. So much confidence in this song and so effort effortlessly cool. I just I love it. Mhm. It's also not a sound that you immediately associate with Fleetwood Mac. No, but a lot what I've learned is that a lot of their earlier stuff was super bluesy like this. Yeah. And I think a lot of that stems from Peter Green. Mhm. And did you know that they they were originally supposed to be called Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac featuring Jeremy Spencer? <laughs> <laughs> that was their band name. <laughs> Coolest band in all the land. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I just like it. I like it. This feels like something that they they, they would have played at um, Woodstock. Mm-hmm. Yep. It kind of toes the line, but... The guitar specifically. Yeah, it does. Yep. Yeah. But it's good. I, I like it. I like it a lot. It, Very good. I want a vinyl of it. I think it would sound Yes. Good. Oh, yeah. my God, yes. Okay, Lauren. Your turn. What are you peeping jamming to this week? I'm ready. My peeping jam is called Youngest Child by Gabriel Sayer. Soap and uh, a sponge? Yes. Okay. This arguably may sound more like Fleetwood Mac than yeah. her song does, <laughs> to be honest. I was say, a little bit. So, with its cool, funky groove, this song came into my life as I was driving around the roads of English, English, around the roads of England with my British friend this past week and a half that I was on vacation in England. Oh, were you? Yeah, I was on vacation in England. Tell you know. us about it. Was amazing. It. Um, so Gabriel Sayer is the musical alter ego of comedian Gabe Gundacker, who has apparently a rather successful YouTube channel. I did not check it out, but apparently he's a comedian. He says he's using his musical pseudonym to be more serious about the music he produces while remaining, quote, playful and esoteric. The song was released as a single in 2021 and has been heavily influenced by artists such as Crosby, Stills, and Nash which I think you can hear a lot of it in this song. Um, Joe Jackson, Shintaro Sakamoto, lots of different influences that he has. So I love this song for the energy that it brings, the energy that it invokes kind of inside. It's very bright and sunny, easy breezy. Like, I don't know. It's just so bright. I, I love it. It feels very much like you're driving around... The windows are down. You're just jamming along. It's very effortless. Um, But also interestingly reflects on what it's like to be the youngest child. I don't know. I wouldn't know because I'm not the youngest child. But maybe it'll resonate differently with you, Julie. Who knows? (laughs) Who knows? Um, But yeah, it's just a little jamming song. There's a little bit of a quirky interlude in the middle. But yeah, it's uh, just a pleasant song. I wish it was longer. I like it. It sounds very much like a Lauren song. Yeah. Very cute, very quirky, and vibing. Just like you. Thank you. Just just yes. like me. Love it. Love it. All right, Julie. Lauren. <laughs> Thank you for the music. Thank you for the music. Thank you, everybody out there, for continuing to listen to our show. Thank you very much. And for sticking with us through thick and thin... 
Yes. Most, and mostly thin. Mostly thin. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing our best here, but yeah, this is, I've been very excited to come back and do this podcast again with you, so. Good. Me too. Let's not take any more breaks, shall we? Unless we need them. <laughs> Unless it's needed. Yeah. <laughs> you can find other episodes of Thank You for the Music. I don't know what comes next, to be honest. You can find us. There it is. On Instagram. We post a lot on there. Sometimes. On TikTok at Abba Podcast. Through thick and thin. Through thick and thin, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Abba Podcast. On Twitter at Abba Pod. And become a supporter of the show at patreon.com slash tyftm. Listen to other episodes of TYFTM at abapodcast.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate and review the show and Julie, as always, and everyone else out there as somewhat always. Thank you for the music. The songs, we're still singing. Singing. Hey. Hey. We're back, baby. No wing me, no wing you. Uh Uh-huh. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing we can do. Oh, my God, Julie. Next week is Money, Money, Money. I... Oh, my (laughs) God. I'm freaking out. (laughs) I'm Kristen Wigging.